In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. MTG is a putz, and Gates is a villain. All those Gen 6 fools shipped off straight to prison. McConnell's a putz, and Trump's cronies sing. These are a few of our favorite things. Listening friends, welcome, 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 welcome back, just like Cotter, to this episode of Save the World. If you know why you're here, then you know who we are. That's Jack. I am Kenyatta. We're glad you're here. Hi, Jack. Hey, we are definitely glad you're here. We are glad that everyone's paying attention to us as we <laughs> endeavor on making this world a better place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, as usual, as usual, and forevermore, we have our work cut out for us. Go figure. That is true. That <laughs> is true. Fortunately, we have not um, had our appeals to gag orders about the part. Uh, the podcast shot down like some people have had today, but you know, <laughs> we don't have to worry about gag orders because we aren't getting people threatened by nut jobs. But as we've just, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, people are singing like canaries. So that just, they are. We'll just wait with bated breath and giggle in our drinks. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there were just so many other people that we could have, you know, you could have put in that intro. I, I could but, have. I could have. But it was really like a spur of the moment kind of thing. And that's that's what the universe gave me. So that's what I wear. I'm like Andre 3000. That's what the universe gave me. <laughs> <laughs> so there that's, it is. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, there are worse people to be to be like than Andre 3000. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So whose album, by the way, has hit, uh, is it number 30 on Billboard's Top 100? Yes. Yes. Which, by the way, I need you to do me a favor. I keep wanting to listen to it, Mm. but I usually listen to new music while I'm at work. But what happens is I get to work, I pop in my podcast that I listen to, and then I forget about it. Mm -hmm. So can you please text me tomorrow? Mm Mm-hmm. And be like, uh, hey, Brosif, Andre 3000. And then I'll go load it and listen to it. I'm going to let you know in advance. It's nothing like you would ever expect from him. I'm fine with that. But it's good shit. And and uh, you know who Lupe Fiasco is? The rapper? I do not. He He's another, another rapper, a little younger. But he is one of the, I guess, one of the first to drop a verse over... Andre's uh, flutes. So I suspect there would be more MCs jumping on board and putting putting some words down over that music. Cause it is, I don't, I understand what Mr. Benjamin was talking about that he didn't have any raps in him. This is what he had. So this is what he gave. However, to me, it felt like there was still some essence of southern hip-hop flavor underneath all that new agey as it was it still smelled like hip-hop to me so i'm not surprised okay all right so there it is there's the pop culture endorsement for this week yeah and like you've posted about it and tim has Mm -hmm. tim bird music birdman pro yes um, but every time I see it, it's where I'm not able to like go and listen to the album, and then it just flies away. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I mean, it's Andre 3000, it would be hard not to. It really would, it really would be like people, people on the socials are trying to clown and tell me some 
that's the same shit I did in third grade on my recorder. No, it's not. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> stop trying to be funny because you think it's cute. Stop. Stop. I need y'all to stop. That man grew up and he evolved. That man is 48 years old. Let him be 48 years old. Okay. That's Damn. right. <laughs> anyway, there's that. There's that. So. That's right. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, well, listening friends. Kenyatta and I decided that since this is going to be our last episode of season two, we're going to enjoy the month of December. So we're going to do a slight wrap up of the year. So instead of our normal WTFs, we're going to start with something that the podcast taught us over the course of season two. Um, And then we'll sort of go through and afterwards and discuss kind of our our favorite episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. And then in January, we're going to start season three, which is going to be exciting. It's hard to believe that we're already <laughs> going to be three seasons into this little experiment that we started. Mm-hmm. That is, that is wild. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it even maybe with the exception of when I'm editing and my computer acts all weird. Well, yeah, there's that. But otherwise I've enjoyed most of the podcast, <laughs> just those editing issues. <laughs> yes. But I was going to say, why don't you go ahead and start off and tell us uh, one of, or, you know, just something that you've sort of learned that you didn't know about because of our podcast. That's worth talking about or that you want to talk about, whatever. I liked our episode back in February about uh, Nathan Nearest Green, the uh, freed man who taught Jack Daniels everything he knew about making whiskey. That was a good, a good educational moment. And that now, it was. Everybody I know that drinks liquor. And some people that don't. You like whiskey? Go try it. Go try it immediately. Those who have tried it have agreed with me. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. And I always have to stress the story that Jack Daniels never mentioned this until the story was dug up just a few years ago. And then all of a sudden they were like, well. We got this guy over here. So I'm especially proud of that part that now his name is out there in the opening open. And we've got, you know, a couple of, of black entrepreneurs that that head up this particular label. And I'm thrilled for that. So, yay. Yes. Yes. That was definitely one of the cooler things that we uh, not that we discovered it, but stumbled upon. <laughs> yes. Then brought talked about. Yes. Because that was definitely a a worthwhile uh, thing to learn about. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you? Well, I'm going to be slightly serious. And for me, the thing that I have learned the most this year is I have to be willing to shake up my foundations and learn new things. And this applies with I can't, I feel like it's not enough just to say, um, like, I'm an ally of, like, my, you know, my black friends. Mm-hmm. I have to actually, that's not enough. And it's not even enough to say if there was, like, a Black Lives Matter rally or something to attend that. Another part of that is I have to be willing to go in and do the work of learning things, right? Of, you know, Mr. Nearest with the greatest nickname ever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But um, And that involves, I need to read books about this type of um, history. And I need to, not that I have an issue with it, but I need to understand that if somebody's writing a book from a certain point of view, and it is about 
you know, white people being racist or whatever, I have to be willing to read it and not be upset if the person writing that book has, um, I don't want to say it's not like hate, but you can tell like if somebody was like upset or something when they were, you know, writing it or mm. sarcasm. And I have to be willing to accept that about, um, you know, the white people that did that. And I understand it's not, a, it's not me. I didn't do it, but I have to not get upset by that, but not, you know what I mean? I have to be willing to accept this is what happened. This is why there's systematic, you know, racism Mm -hmm. that's built in. And so for me to be a better like ally or whatever, I need to go in and do that work so that I can, obviously I will never understand certain things just because it's not my experience. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I need to be willing to, hear it from other people and accept it and not be upset that because it's I, I don't know if i'm for, if i'm finding the right words but i need to be willing to be a better friend <laughs> no i no, you know you have no problems there as far as i'm concerned you're a great friend but and i was thinking about this a while back and not necessarily in reference to you per se but how i've i've, I've seen because I spend way too much time in the devil's rabbit hole, a.k.a. TikTok. And I've gotten to be a fan of some of the lives on there. Like, there's some really interesting things people are talking about in there. And um, on more than one occasion, you know, we'll, you know the, the, the live host will have a certain kind of topic. And when it centers around race and race relations and things like that, um, last night I came into one where they were talking the host, the host is actually somebody that I started following on Instagram, like last year. And I just far, started following him on TikTok. Really smart guy. Um, and the live was about, um, him talking about a particular well-known name in the YouTube makeup, uh, industry you know, like doing the YouTube tutorials and stuff. He's real big Mm -hmm. in that area. And the host was laying down the case that this guy is a stone cold racist, a misogynist, um, a homophobe, even though the man is gay. Well, he's a transphobe, which is not any better, but he's a whole, but he's got the whole, all the isms. And the host was making the point that this guy has been doing and saying the most ridiculous stuff for years. And and nobody's, everybody always gives him second, third, and fifth chances. So he's laying out the case of why this guy is a horrible human being. And his concern was that he had other, he had other content creators that were also Black Americans that he knew that were following this guy. He was concerned about them getting on that bandwagon and getting mm-hmm. involved with this guy because the guy was so toxic. And so, you know, how people listening to the live, they can request to jump on and, you know, talk or whatever. So this one woman pops on. The first thing out of her mouth was, I was born racist. Everybody in the chat was like, what? And everybody in the comments and I was sitting there like, she said, what now? She said, no, I'll take it back. I was raised that way. And then she goes into this long screed about she's trying. And I I, I, I want to interrupt and say she says she was born in 1966. And she's still learning how not to be racist. And the host is a good enough person that he didn't immediately kick her to the curb. But he sat there and he's trying to figure out where she's getting, where she's going. But what mm-hmm. she does is says, my cousins, my cousin has a child that has a little bit of African in him. And like everybody that was in the chat, you know, in the discussion was just like, oh, like literally you could oddly hear people going, oh. And they had to explain to her, you can't prove to people that you're not a racist by tokenizing a person of color and saying that's my family, that's my friend, so therefore I can't be a racist. They were trying to teach her that 
not only do you have to learn, it's it, like you were saying, it's not so much enough to be an ally per se. You have to learn how to bite anti-racist and call that shit out where you see it. But as you go along, you have to learn more and more and more about the kinds of things that you may not have thought were racist, but are considered as such by people of color. And as you learn to see those things from now a different perspective, now you can get more and more proactive about knowing what to call out that you may not have thought was anything before. That's the point they were trying to get across to her. And then right. she then she pulled away me on everybody and started crying. And they were like, yeah. no, not the white woman tears. <laughs> <laughs> the host was like, what we're not going to do in here is cry. You're not going to do it. No, right. no, we don't, we don't pity you. We want you to learn, but you're not going to be in here crying. Try to sending yourself in the middle of this discussion. Yeah. So I thought about, I was thinking about it, you know, before I listened to that and then listening to the, to the live, it, it brought me back to it again about how, and there are people that are well-intentioned, but do stuff like this woman did. Like she thought all the proof that she needed to show that she wasn't racist is because she just happens to know some folks who are like a little bit black. Um, no. Right. And, and I know I went all the way around the, the world on this, but <laughs> I remember when you and I first started like talking, like before we started doing this cast, this pod, and you were talking about how you had to deconstruct your way out of religion. Right. This is the same thing. You're right. It is. It is. Yeah. You have to deconstruct and break down everything you've been taught and everything you've known before. Weed through it and find the truth in it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's even like small stuff. Like uh, we talked about, I want to say it was uh, with, with Tim, mm-hmm. how I have stopped calling it the master bedroom and I call it the primary bedroom. It's a small thing, but it's a thing. And I have got questions from it. Well, why do you call it the primary bedroom? And then I can explain this is why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, obviously that was just sort of the thing that popped in my head just because I'm home. But yeah. And, you know, it's not necessarily always easy, but life isn't always easy. And if you want to make the world a better place, you have to be able to view the world from other people's viewpoints. And just like with the lady in the live last night, you have to be willing and able and make an effort to not center yourself and not take it personally. Right. Because there's there's white folks and then there's whiteness. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can speak for myself when I say I often have an issue with whiteness white folks i don't have a problem with until and unless they show me that they have 110 percent bought into the idea of whiteness and that they have no issues then i don't have anything else to say to them right that's me but it's a it's a it's a process just like anything else that you learn and no and no matter what point you decide to pick it up and say okay i need to i need to shift my what they call it par- paradigm shift I need to shift my, yes, I need to shift it now. And it may this 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 thing happening may not be something I would find offensive. But let me find out why so and so might find it offensive. Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what you have to do. And you know, you just have to be willing to be like, well, just a thought. I think one of the worst things, and I really kind of started thinking about this. Well, really, because of the podcast. I don't think that when you hear the thing, well, I'm colorblind. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually maybe not the viewpoint to have. Um, because first of all, it's not true. You notice the color of people's skin. It doesn't matter what ethnicity, you're going to notice it. Mm-hmm. it. So like you, shocker, Kenyatta. Are black. Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friend Ralph also. And I think we need to look at it as you're a human first. Mm-hmm. 
you're my friend. Second, it's somewhere further down the line, it does need to be recognized and addressed. You know, in your case, that's my friend Jack. He just happens to be exceedingly white. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have the genetic test to prove I am exceedingly, <laughs> you know, but you're my friend Kenyatta, who also just happens to be black. And I think that that's different than trying to have this viewpoint of I'm colorblind. No, you're not. I almost feel like that's an excuse to not notice things, yes. but it shouldn't matter what the, you should like a person for the person, you know, assholes come in all shapes, sizes, colors, sexual orientations, genders, <laughs> you know, start with, is the person nice? <laughs> I mean that's that's what it boils down to. What kind of human being are they? But yeah, the anyway, only, the only reason you should notice any kind of difference like that is when you should only notice it to acknowledge the fact that that's that's what makes each one each one of us unique in our own particular way. That's a right. part of who we are. That's not all of who we are. Right. If that makes sense. That's just like, and oh yeah kind of a thing. And that's how we need to, you know, to look at it because that's what gives everybody their unique experience and viewpoint in this world. And it's different for everybody, even people that are the same ethnicity. Everyone has a different perspective based on where they grew up and where they lived and all of that. So I just, you know, the real people you should hate are the billionaires. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I I just wanted to say that you have to be willing to learn new things, open your mind, read new, you know, new books, do whatever, and um, realize that sometimes the past is ugly, but you have to know the ugliness to keep the ugliness from happening again. True. That is true. So I'm going to try to be even better. I can't say that I'm going to necessarily go to a rally because that's just not my thing, but I, I very well might. If I know that there's one coming up, I very well might go to it. it I would say just approaching in whatever way makes you feel the most comfortable, but just as long as you're getting something out of it is the point. But, so, yeah, but that's good. That's good. Hmm. All right, hmm. now that I've brought us down. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's always food for thought. No, it's not a downer. It's not a downer. <laughs> but, yeah, just just do yeah. that. Deconstruct, Deconstruct and rebuild, and you'll be much better. You'll, you'll be happier once you've done it. You'll be, you'll be more at peace. Yeah, that's because... that's more appropriate than happy. You'll be at peace. Because you won't be looking around at the world and wondering why things are or why people have certain feelings about the, the things that they have feelings about. Yeah. It'll make more sense. Yep. So, yep. Which is the opposite of being ignorant and then ignoring everything because you don't want to deal with it. But we don't know those people. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Um, anyway, I am thankful for the podcast because it has done that for me yes. and it's open. I think it's made me a better person and we should always strive to be better people. Sure. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yes. All right. Let's mm. uh, segue into something. Well, obviously podcast related. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite episode of the year? If you have them put in the top one, two or three positioning. Well, I like the, you know, the nearest green one. I don't have them in any particular order, but I like the nearest green one. I like our um our conversation with Oliver James, uh yes. the young the young man that is TikTok famous for teaching himself how to read. And I should add here listening friends that if you are a reader of People magazine that he has an article coming up in the next issue all about his journey. So pick that up. That's very exciting. Um, and if you haven't listened to the app still, go back and listen to it, please. And if you don't follow him on the socials, please do. Oliver Speaks 1. 
that was a really nice episode. I I dug him. Yeah. Oh, that that was such an inspiring. I think honestly, he'd be pretty inspiring whether he was learning to read or not. Just from some of the other aspects of his life, that was pretty mm-hmm. inspiring of him. You know, fighting and overcome that stuff, and it just. Oh yeah, I'm teaching myself to read, but yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes uh, um, as well. If I can add in here, because I've already told you, Jack, but I want to tell you guys, listening friends, that um, I'm on a Facebook reading group for Black ladies, and that is an active bunch. So one of the ladies one day posts one of Oliver's um, TikTok videos, and it's one where. If if you've ever if you listen to the episode, you know how passionate he is about pretty much everything that's that he's got going on, which is a lot. But in this particular video, he's getting frustrated because he hits like a, a stumbling block where he's reading, and then he kind of and it's like that for a lot of a lot of us because we're all human beings. We get frustrated with the things that we missed in the past that we can't change. And we get stuck on it. And I think he was having one of those moments. So someone posted that video and, and all the ladies loved it. And and um, I happened to, you know, name drop. Hey, I've talked to him. And hey, I have a podcast. And here's the episode right here. And one of the ladies says, um, so is he single or what? <laughs> <laughs> I says, no, he is not single. I can see why you would ask. But he is a very very smart young man and he's he's got a lot of things going on so if you don't follow him follow him and go listen to our podcast but yes he's a, a very energetic and and eager and i don't i don't say that you know trying to be funny he's eager he's he's thirsty for the knowledge and i can appreciate that so yeah he definitely is it's uh I, I do not believe that he will stop this journey. It is one that he's going to, he's going to be reading war and peace in the next year. Something. I mean, I'm not going to be reading war and peace. I might audio book it, but I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I, I've, I've no interest. Um, So <laughs> I don't know why the European works just don't do shit for me, but I digress. Anyway, what was, uh, was one of your favorite episodes <laughs> <laughs> um another one of mine it was actually a two-parter that we did um it was with uh heather's cousin greg and mm-hmm. talking about his life um of addiction fighting addiction having schizophrenia not knowing that he had schizophrenia um having some abuse as a child um sa abuse and maybe for me it was a little more just because while I knew that he had some of these addiction issues, I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. And I certainly didn't know that uh, he ha- he dealt with the schizophrenia issue. And I certainly didn't know about um, the abuse as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but just knowing that he went through all of that and how honest he was with us about everything that happened to him, because there was a lot that happened in his life <laughs> that he has gone through. And mm-hmm. um, similar to Oliver, it was inspiring that you, if you, you know, when you get to that point, you can overcome it and he's still overcoming it. Um, he's still living in the halfway house, but he's, he likes it because he gets to help people. And now he's helping addicts and he likes that. So I think for him and probably anybody else who's who's been through that struggle, that's going to be a lifelong thing for him day by day. But I could see, even though I didn't sit in on the first half or the first uh, part of it, the second half alone was captivating because you can tell he's a very charismatic guy and you could easily see how he was able to maneuver his way around having to be accountable for so long, even though he was, you know, mm-hmm. he acknowledged everything that he did and the people that he, he, um, he hurt in, 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 in the collateral damage that he caused, he acknowledged all that. And it takes a big person to be able to do it. Um, but I could see how in the midst of what he was going through, how he was able to, to do what he did. And, um, 
I can imagine him, you know, just hanging out with him as he is now, like stone cold sober, like just listen to him talk. I'd be like, I can sit here and conversate with this dude for a while. Yeah, that's that's how captivating was. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, we had a nice talk uh, Thanksgiving Day. Got to see him and mm. had a nice chat. And uh, I I did tell him about when you uh, went to the gym and told that person that, what was it? You only drank on the weekends like a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I used that line again, too, the other day at the gym because <laughs> the when, one of my regular other regulars at the gym who is also named Tim, but I call him Timothy, you know, a la Kim Peel. Um, me and him were walking in the door at the same time. So he had the door open for me. And one of the trainers was in there. The trainer's name is Brian. Brian was like, hey, hey, I see Tim held the door open for you like a gentleman. I said, yes. And he didn't even wait till the weekend to be a gentleman. He started (laughs) early on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Like I'm going to keep that in my back pocket and just whip it out just at random. Yeah. On the weekend. (laughs) Uh, real quick, though, while I'm thinking about it, the episode with Oliver aired mm. March 28th of last year, okay. and the title of that one is called Oliver Speaks. And I did not write the title of the two that we did with uh, Greg, but those aired July 11th and July 18th. Okay. So if you haven't listened, listening friends, or if you just want to listen again, there they are. Go back and relive the majesty and glory. Yeah, because it is something to behold. Those are both inspiring stories, but for different reasons. Pretty much so. But and they're, they're just, both, yeah, overcoming. And they're just, yeah, that too. And they're they're human. They're they're two different stories about human beings because we all have a different story. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, all it takes is one one thing, and you could be the addict, you know. So, mm-hmm. you could have a story like that to tell one day. So, yep. Yep. All right. Well, how about one more for uh, for you? Another one? I did enjoy our two-parter on uh, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Um, yes. I thought it turned out real well. And I had a ball editing that because, especially with the first half, because I just was snatching, you know, song clips left and right and just pluck, 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 pluck. So I had right. a ball editing it. And it was always, always fun to get together with him. Because he's another one of those charismatic, charismatic kind of people that's good to, to converse with. So it was real good having him in. And of course, you know, he's chock full of knowledge of the, the music industry. Uh, oh, yeah. So. I, I just sat back on that up those two episodes and just sort of listened and took it all in. Because <laughs> it was almost like a class, just sort of everything that, you know, was going on. And you were mm-hmm. pointing out and he talked about and... um. I just sort of stay back and listen and learn, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Obviously, I don't have any problem with that. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, no, you you had some some chimes in because you were Hell talking yeah. about the uh uh the Curtis Blow Christmas song. <laughs> yeah, from, I still uh, have that. <laughs> I still have that stuck in my brain. You better be glad that I didn't quit because I'm getting kind of old for this Santa Claus shit. <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> There may be a promo in the future with that in it. There very well may us. be. <laughs> but I, I I think it was just uh serendipity that you know we happened to be doing this podcast at the time that hip hop hit 50. Like yeah. you, you can't ask for a better a better subject. So I enjoy doing those those two yeah. episodes. Yeah. And conversely, I also enjoyed doing our 40th anniversary of Michael Jackson's 41st, let me be correct. Of thriller that was also yes. interesting and we learned or i felt like i learned a lot of stuff about the album that i did not know me too as as many as many times as i've endlessly listened to it there was some new stuff like toto like we were just talking yeah. about this last week they were everywhere in the 80s yeah i had no idea they, they were so heavily involved in the making of that album that was that was news i was impressed yeah was impressed. yeah and you know we do talk about pop culture and i know that that can seem kind of lighthearted sometimes but pop culture does move the national sort of consciousness mm-hmm. and it you know it changes it it can change things you know it so what you know 
tie in pop culture and sort of whatever I feel is actually kind of important because you can see, oh, yeah, that is a thing. That is how we got to this point for, you know, whatever the thing is that started with pop culture. That wasn't a serious yada, yada, yada thing. Mm -hmm. Like yada, yada, yada. That's pop culture, (laughs) Seinfeld. (laughs) No soup for you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Vandalay Industries. That show, oh boy, I I have a different appreciation for Jerry Seinfeld now. So I don't know that I'm going to go back and watch Seinfeld, but I have a different appreciation for him as a personality. I dig him. So yeah, and the more the older I get, the more I appreciate George. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that that poor schlub. Speaking of sitcoms, and I don't want to I don't want to segue too far off of. Francis Sternhagen passed away. And for the, if the name doesn't sound familiar, listening to friends of a certain age, she played Cliff Clavin's mom on TV show Cheers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was surprising. I was like, wow. Like 2023 was not like, I I kept taking hits left and right for all the the notable figures that passed away. That hurt. Some of them hurt. Yeah. Mm. Good old Cliff Clavin. Yeah. You know, he almost gave himself that role. He was auditioning for it for, I don't know what the role was. And he was like, so who's playing the know-it-all? <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, every bar has a know-it-all. He's like, now, do they actually know anything? No, but they all have the know-it-all that sounds intelligent. And because everybody's drunk, it just sounds intelligent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't have that character. And then he got a phone call a couple of days later that he was now that character. <laughs> so, he played that. He played the hell out of it. John yes, Rats- John Ratzenberg deserves all the flowers because not only did he have that, he had he made mad money doing voiceover work too. And he's an Empire Strikes Back. I mean, can you be mad at this? No, I am not. I am not. But yeah, I just. I don't know. I can't even like now that I'm thinking about, you know, all the passings that we've had this year. Now I can't I can't think of Tina Turner. That was a yeah. big one. Yeah, that, that was a shocker. And that was another I, good episode. Tina Turner that we. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And I spent all the next two days listening to nothing but Tina Turner because how you how could how could you not? Right. So but that was a. That was a shocker. And I knew I I had read, you know, her last memoirs that she put out a few years ago, and I knew she'd been having some health issues, but it was still it was still a shocker. I was like, huh? No. So, yeah, that's that's 2023. And listening, friends, even though you're going to hear this episode, you know, this first week in December, there's a whole month left. So I'm not trying to put any ideas out to the universe. I'm just saying. Yes. Let us have the let us have December because the yeah. last the last few years, December 31st has then, then gotten us a couple of times. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm going to highlight uh, probably what will be our last one, uh, one of my favorite episodes of the year. And I didn't realize it until sort of just now. It kind of ties into what I was talking about, things that I've learned. And that was when you did the history of HBCUs. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, first of all, I did not realize that there were the number of <laughs> that there were. And I don't mean that like negatively. It's just mm-hmm. there's like a group of 10 that kind of get talked about. Yeah. And so you don't necessarily know that. What was it? 120? I think it was 107. 107 or 117. The, the it, was, it was over 100. Yes. It was over yes. 100, but just because of the way sort of um, society or whatever it is, I had just always figured that there were like, I don't know, 20. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, there's one, you know, not too far from you. Right. Well, I did know of Langston. Right. <laughs> I, I did know of Langston. <laughs> but which which shouldn't be really that shocking because in the 20s, Oklahoma had the highest number of black founded towns in the whole country. Right. For me, the surprising thing was really that there was only one in Oklahoma. True. Um, 
but we had kind of discussed Langston when we talked about um, uh, Lois Fisher. True. Yes, we did. And because she was a big, big part of that university after she graduated from law school at OU. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I just found that whole just learning how it came about and just the whole history of it. It was really it was really fascinating for me to, to learn all of that. And I, I was glad that we talked about that. That was that was interesting. And as you know, I like to learn new things, but it kind of ties in with what I was talking about earlier. I have this knowledge now. I can give it to other people. Mm-hmm. That is the idea. Yep. That is definitely the idea. And I still can't believe that I almost went hoarse reading the names of every single one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But when I edited that, that did make it easy because there was this long stretch of nothing to do. (laughs) Was that a good good 10 minutes? (laughs) But yeah, that there was some stuff that I learned that I didn't know. Because I mean I knew a good deal, but there's some stuff that I learned, you know, specifically, you know, what kind of governmental acts um allowed that to happen. So that was new stuff for me. Yeah, and what was is it? Was it Ohio that had like the city in Ohio that had like three in one city or within like thirty miles of each other or something like that? Wilberforce, all within Wilberforce. Yep. Yeah, a lot. It is a lot, but yeah. And the reason why, I mean, obviously, you don't you don't hear a lot about most of them. Like you said, there's only a handful that get mentioned regularly, and now Jackson State is on everybody's tongue because of. Deion Sanders. Right. So now everybody knows about that. And I'm like, you guys, there's a hundred and some more out there. There's like, I think there's, I think it was what, five, five or six here in Virginia. There's one literally 10 minutes from me. Right. So yeah, it's, it's everywhere. They're everywhere. I'm thinking about it. Maybe the reason that sort of that number of, you know, around 10 gets mentioned is because they're the, Folliest. Yes and no. Some of them, five or six of them, maybe. But to an extent, there. I mean, unfortunately, they're they're as as they're getting more recognition now because now that people know that HBCUs, some of them do have formidable sports programs. You find more and more high school athletes opting to attend. An HBCU as opposed to a, a, a so-called bigger or, or better known school. So they realize they have options and they have good options at these yeah. HBCUs because, you know, recruiters weren't trying to sell that. High school coaches weren't trying to sell that to their, their star athletes to go to HBCU. Right. But now that people have these schools on their tongue, they're like, okay, let me go check them out. In addition to Florida State or Notre Dame or OU or whatever the case may be. Let me go see what Morehouse is doing. Let me go see what Howard is doing. Let me go see what FAMU is doing. And then go to OU because that's the best college football team that there is. Anyway. (laughs) That's unrelated. (laughs) Um, But real quick, though, that episode aired on September 12th, and it was called The History of HBCUs. Um, Just if you... Just giving you those dates, you can make it a little easier when you're scrolling on whatever your listening platform is. You kind of know how far you got to scroll down (laughs) to to go and find said episode. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, it's it's been a heck of a year on on many on many levels. So, but here we are, here we are. And and before we get into, I guess the back half of the episode, let me just say, I am. It's going to sound flimsy, I know, but I have nothing but love and light to those people that have been affected by horrendous, selfish acts committed by, by, or, or out, out of their control. I'll put it that way. I hate that these, these people are, are collateral. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to go any further than that because that's a whole complicated, convoluted history there. But listening, friends, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So. Yeah. 
Hmm. With that. Yeah, yeah. With that, I'm looking forward to 2024. Um, I'm calling 2024 the year that America goes to law school because there's <clears throat> going to be quite a few court cases that are going to be front and center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody knows how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, okay. We <laughs> hope. Um, but so, yeah, next year is going to certainly be be fun and we're all going to learn about lawyering next year whether you like it or not because i don't think the country has much of a choice and uh, <laughs> if i could just throw a shout out out there there's a, a youtube channel called justice matters with glenn kirshner he is a retired 30-year former prosecutor for the department of justice he was a jag officer for the united states marines the man knows his stuff he knows his law. And if you want to go in and just sort of, he talks about what's going on, but then he'll give you a little background, how the law works for whatever. And I just want to say, if you, uh, you know, as 2024 20, goes on, if you want to get law perspective from somebody that was a practicing attorney, that's a good place to, uh, to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, with that, before we do go, I would also just like to say that um, thanks for being my podcast partner. <laughs> it's been my pleasure. <laughs> I have a lot of fun doing the podcast. Um, I think I have finally got everybody in my life to understand that Thursday nights, because that's when we record, I'm busy. I was talking to my mom earlier today because I had some errands to run between finishing work and, and getting set up for this. And she calls me. I was just calling to see if you want to go get your fried chicken because we attempted to go to Cracker Barrel last week. Um, and I, I had my whole face set for the fried chicken meal and they did not have it. They had a abbreviated menu because they were, you know, getting ready for people coming in on Thursday. You know, right. And they had catering going on. So they had a, a short menu. They did not have my fried chicken. I was thoroughly disappointed. So she was like, I want to see if you want to get your fried chicken. And I opened my mouth to say, eh, and I didn't have to. She was like, I got Chinese and said, I was like, okay. I'm like, it's Thursday, mother. It's Thursday. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, no. Thanks for being my podcasting partner. It's fun. I enjoy it. Look forward to it every week. Indeed. Same here. It's a blast. It's a blast. Same here. So, well, listening friends, what we've got for the rest of the epi. Um, a little, little potpourri, I guess, of uh, interesting things that have been going on this year. We're just going to touch upon very few of them because we'd be here the week if we didn't limit ourselves. <laughs> yeah, y'all know we have a problem keeping it around an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we might not make it today, but we're not gonna we're not gonna get ridiculous. So don't worry. So yeah. If I may go first. You may. We're talking about 2024. And I've been, you know, again, Devil's Rabbit Hole and TikTok, very interesting people there. Also some very strange people. I, I tend to stay away from that niche. Um this one lady that I listened to, and I listened to her actually earlier today, again. I just found her a couple of weeks ago. She talks about voting and how she's heard so many people insist that they're through with politics and they're not going to vote next year. And she admitted that she was one of those people back in 2016 that didn't care for Hillary Clinton, but voted for Hillary Clinton because she was the lesser evil, so to speak. And she had underestimated how out of hand and ridiculous a Trump presidency was going to be. And she said, I, time is humbler. Hubris is a bitch. That's what she said. Hubris is a bitch. I admit I was wrong. She said, you cannot sit by next year and not vote just because you're sick of everybody. And she says, I'm not a Democrat. I don't cap for either party. I'm sick of everybody. But if y'all's asses don't get out there and vote and do, she called it harm reduction. She said, you don't have to like Biden. That's fine. And you may like Biden even less based on what him and his administration has done the past month, which should really, that's, uh, anyway, 
you may not like Biden, is basically what she was saying. But you cannot sit up here with a straight face and say you think Trump or any other Republican means us any good. So what you want to do is get your asses up next year and vote for harm reduction. The party that's going to do us the least harm is she's like, it doesn't matter that there's more than one political or there's more than two political parties in this country. That doesn't matter because there's only two that anybody is concerned about. You can go ahead and try to do what you call protest vote and vote libertarian or Green Party or whatever the hell you want. That's a vote for Trump. That is a vote for the Republican. That is foolish. That is that's not going to count for anything. And you've just thrown your vote away. So don't get up there and act like you don't need to be bothered with it. You don't have to like any politician right now, but you do need to be concerned about being involved in harm reduction. And I echoed that sentiment. I echo that sentiment 135 percent because I've heard people say I'm not voting. I'm sick of it. You can be sick of it all day long. But do you really want the Republican Party to get in there and make an even further mess of this? Especially when you know about Project 2025. Thank you. You really want them to get out there and mess around and get this ridiculous handbook on how to make this country an authoritarian. Thank you, (laughs) state. You want that because that's what you're going to get. It doesn't matter if it's Trump or not. If the GOP gets it, they don't mean any of us. And I mean any of us, not just people of color, not just marginalized communities, any of the rest of us, any good. They don't care. That is correct. They care about their power, building their power. That's it. They have been playing in our faces ever since Biden took office. It is not getting any better. So you can be foolish if you want to and go out there and vote Republican because, you know, you're a, quote, one issue voter, whatever that issue is right now, I can't imagine. But if you want to go ahead and vote against the self-interests of the majority of this country, go ahead and vote Republican or throw your vote, your protest vote out there. Go ahead. But what she all what the lady on TikTok also stressed was. You can't just turn out every four years for presidential election. You have to vote in the midterms. You have to vote locally. Those things matter even more. Yep. Than just Look what they're doing for election. schools. Hello. Running for school boards. That kind of thinking, that Project 2025 thinking is seeping into every facet of our society, of our lives. These people are sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. And this ties into to the Project 2025. 20- 25 thing if you want to kind of see what a world would look like with a white christian nationalist authoritarian running things google bob jones university um rules mm-hmm. the contract that people sign when they go to that university yes bob jones is incredibly built on racism i understand <laughs> all that but the rules that everyone signs up to when they agree to go to that school is what they are striving to make all of America like. It is in Project 2025 is the way to get get to that point. You mm-hmm. might not think that, but it's it's handmaiden's tell light for sure. The rules and regulations at Bob Jones University. It's worse than Liberty. Liberty University also has an amazing code of conduct contract that you have to sign. Sure do. But the Bob Jones one is even stricter. And if just go and read that, that's what we're fighting against. Mm-mm-mm. But blessed be the fruit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll end with something not so serious. Pay attention to like James Webb Space Telescope. NASA has some exciting, incredible missions that are out in space right now. They've had some stuff that has come back. The images from James Webb is incredible. If you see something about the James Webb, email it to Laura Ingraham on Fox News because she was went on a five-minute rant talking about how Biden was so stupid that the telescope was called Hubble. 
and not James Webb because she didn't know about James Webb. So anytime you see that, email her that article. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they come back from commercial break and she's like, turns out there is a James Webb Space Telescope. Moving on. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that this is another one of those, you know, you want to learn stuff. And the things that the James Webb telescope is discovering, the pictures, they're they're just beautiful, amazing photos, mm. but it is learning stuff. It actually has detected water vapor in a planet circling another star. That's pretty freaking cool. Hmm. I'm just thinking about when and if we too will be able to get to Mars and grow potatoes like Mark Watney in the Martian. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to, there are worse, it could have been zucchini. Oh, yeah. You know, at least you have options with potatoes. You do. You do. He worked it out, though. For that to be a completely fictional work, I was so thoroughly impressed with that book and the movie because I love yeah. Matt Damon. But the the author that, because I told you about that, I think there's another episode we were talking about the author of The Martian that he wrote another book. Yeah, that Mark, I, Mark Weir. Is it pronounced weird? W E I R. Yes, he wrote he wrote another one that I had read a while back that was equally as good. So mm. here's this is your I guess uh, your book recommendation. Weird. What's his name? But anyway, yeah, just study that. They're they're about to find out what they can from the return sample from the asteroid Bennu, which will mm-hmm. be cool. But um, this is a keep your mind curious and learn, you know, new stuff about the world and the universe and all of that. If nothing else, seeing those kinds of things just puts things in a frighteningly rapid perspective that we are all specks. Yep. We are all specks. And it reminds me of a very, one of my favorite later Stephen King novels called Under the Dome. Yep. You read it? I have not read it, but I Heather read it and she mm. told me about it. And then mm-hmm. I watched the TV show. Um, I could not I I didn't make it past episode two. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Heather was not happy with it either. And mm-hmm. that's when she told me about the book and I was like, well I don't have to read it now. Yeah. Um, so it, that's what it reminds me of. We think all this, all the conflict and and drama and the chaos that humans inflict on each other in this little ball of dirt, and we are but nothing compared to the rest of the galaxy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So. so, do you have real quick though? Because it is we are at the hour mark. Is there mm-hmm. an actual book that you would want to recommend that people read or audio book listen to? I am in the middle of um, it's a, a nonfiction book called Top of the Morning. Let me see who writes it. Um, and it is a behind the scenes discussion of um, morning TV. Top of the Morning, subtitle, Inside the Cutthroat World of Morning TV. It was written in 2013 by a media critic named Brian Stelter. Yep, yep. Just got fired from CNN earlier this year. (laughs) The book is pretty good. Uh, It's got some real juice. I'm I'm, like I said, I'm just in the the first quarter of it. It's got juicy stuff already because he's talking about all the stuff going on at the Today Show, you know, some years before or what's his face got the boot. But he's talking about all the drama and and stuff like that um, going on with, you know, the co-hosts and things like that. And that book was actually the basis of Apple TV's series, The Morning Show. Okay. It stars Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Interesting. I did not realize that. Yes. Um, he does have a book that either just came out or it's about to come out that is about um, kind of Fox and their ties with MAGA and all of that stuff. Um, I think I can't think of I can't think of the title of it, but Network of Lies, the epic saga of Fox News, Donald Trump and the battle for American democracy. Thank you. That that's what I just <laughs> pretend that was my voice. <laughs> but yeah, 
Um, well, if I had a book to recommend, and I know a lot of people don't do audiobooks, this one I recommend doing as an audiobook. Uh, the book is called Unthinkable, Trauma, Truth, and the Trials of American Democracy. And it's by Jamie Raskin, who's um, a congressman uh, from Delaware. And the reason I say that you should probably listen to it is he actually is the one reading the book. And I did not know this. His son committed suicide on uh, January 4th. Sometime between December 31st and January 1st, they're not sure exactly, of uh, J, before J6. Oh, wow. And Ooh. they had his uh, memorial service on January 5th of that year. Oh. And oh. he, of course, then Nancy Pelosi asked him to lead the second impeachment trial because he's a constitutional professor. Law, he's a lawyer, constitutional law professor, and he knows the Constitution. And at first, Nancy Pelosi thought that he should do it because she thought that that might get him moving and not because she could tell that the suicide, which obviously it would, mm -hmm. had such a strong effect on him. She wanted to have him maybe do something that would kind of help break him out of that. Cause she didn't want him to spiral. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, but the book is tied into his relationship with his son and his son sounds like he was a great guy <laughs> to the point to where as he's doing things that he would stop and say, what would Tommy do? Mm -hmm. How would Tommy do this? And, um, there are going to be time. It is. There are parts where it's quite emotional. Hmm. I'm just hearing him talk because he's getting emotional as he reads it. But I think that kind of makes it, I don't know, better, <laughs> not better, but just the impact of Azure. I think it's a little more than what it would be if you read it on the page, because yeah. you're actually feeling how this affected Congressman Raskin. Okay. Okay. And um, I liked him before, but knowing what he went through, just something that, um, I don't know. Another inspiring thing on how him and his family dealt with that and uh -huh. how he went from the lowest of lows to what is probably one of the biggest sort of trial sort of thingies in the history of America. <laughs> mm. And to do that while he was grieving was certainly, it, it was interesting and it's, it's tied in and anyway. Plus, you learn a lot of crap about the second impeachment on top of everything else. <laughs> I mean, I would just like to read it. I mean, just for the the, the personal angle, because he's he's not a one that I'm familiar with, and I'm looking at the wiki now. So yeah, that might that might be on my list coming up. Yeah, I, yeah, and I he just beat list. cancer over the summer too. Oh wow, Whew. that's wild, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna put that on the list as soon as I get done with this one, which I'm pushing to get done with the one I've got because. It's supposed to be doing like five days in ebooks. Don't play around. You don't, you can't keep it past a due date. <laughs> no, you cannot. It disappears. There are supposedly four people in line and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was on one and it was like due. And I was like, well, can I renew it? And it wouldn't let me renew it because there were like 15 people waiting to read the book. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to buckle down and finish this damn thing. I have eight hours. <laughs> yeah, I was I was listening. to. I just started getting back into listening to audio books. So I started off with the old a Stephen King one that I listened to before, but I enjoy it very, very much. So I've been listening to that while I'm working. Yeah, I've been listening to him while I'm walking on the treadmill at the gym. Mm hmm. So, um, so I guess our time is nigh, and I would like to say this at the very end: Tommy Tuberville is an asshole. Thank you. I cannot argue with that. <laughs> That's it. I just, I cannot. I no. Yeah, no. I just want to know at what point, even if you are a senator, do you become the and domestic part of the oath? Because no one has ever done more to damage our military than Tommy. No, one. and he 
He had the unmitigated balls to get up there and say he has never seen the U.S. military in such a uh, horrible state of readiness before. It's your fucking fault. Yeah. You. You and you alone. You did it. You did it. Anyway. That's all I have. I I hope he has the holiday season he deserves. With a slight bit of food poisoning. And his heart will not grow three times bigger. And no Pepto-Bismol to help with that food poisoning. All righty. So. <laughs> and with that, if you would like to buy us a coffee, which can also get things moving, <sighs> if you drink enough of it, you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocus pods. Because <laughs> oh we would love God. your help. <laughs> Listening friends, it's been a pleasure this year. And we, we hope. Yeah, we have entertained you as much as we have entertained each other. <laughs> yep. And we will catch you sometime in January 2024. Bye. Bye. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.